my name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 475. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding, and who does want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, I'm going to do a quick take. I am going to tell a story about a family party that we had, and just the difference between pushing and allowing our kids or our story about our kids. And then Sweetie's going to talk about lying. No, lies. Joe lies when he cries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but first, a quick take. Um, so I'm, a, I'm about a week too late on this. Uh-oh. But... So it's um, outdated. The Bears lost last week. Oh, you're so outdated. It's, it's an important a... lesson. Though. All right. And one of the many reasons they lost, other than that their offense didn't score enough and their defense didn't stop the other team from scoring enough, was it came to the end of the game. And a kicker named Cody Parker had an opportunity to either win the game or lose the game. Didn't I talk about this last week? No, you did I'm not. I'm having a flashback. You're I talked about a, it somewhere. You're having a pretend flashback. Okay. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I'm going to do a quick, uh, just play the quick clip of the Eagles radio call of poor Cody Parkey, not making Cody this. Parkey. Cody Parkey. Uh, here we go. Ball is snapped, placed, kicked, and it is no good, no good. It is no good and the Eagles win. I missed it. It is no good. That's five seconds on the clock. All right, so that's the call. I just play that to kind of, I guess, put salt in the wound of us us Bears fans. But um, the reason I wanted to play that is because of, as parents of children, one of the things that I want to teach my girls is their ability to, I don't know if embrace failure is too strong of a term, but how to handle failure. And Cody Parkey has had a decent year. It's Parker. It's not Parkey, is it? It says Parkey on the YouTube thing. No. Yeah, it's Parkey. Are you sure? I don't know. It sounds so funny when you say it. You know what? I mean, you might be right. I don't know. <laughs> this might be a mom translator issue. This might be, you know what? It's Parky. So anyways, he, uh, so after he missed this kick and all of his teammates are now going home, be partly because he missed that kick, you can, he could have dealt with it in many different ways. One of the things he could have done was he could have taken his helmet off and thrown it out of frustration. He could have buried his head in his hands and not done anything. But what did he do? Uh, he's a religious man. And after every kick he's done this year, he looks up to the sky and, and I think probably gives gratitude. And after he missed the most important kick of his life, what did he do, sweetie? Uh, he pointed up to the sky. And probably gave some gratitude. gratitude. Maybe not for missing it, but just that's what he does. So he, he kept doing what he does. And I thought that that was a wonderful thing. So that's the one thing that he did. Um, and then at the end of, after the game was over, they had to run one more play. There's always this uh, coalition of players from both sides of any NFL game that gathers in the middle of the field and they pray together. And it would have been easy for him to say like, you know what, I'm going to like not go to church today or I'm not going to do what I normally do. And I'm just going to go hide in the locker room. And what did he do? He gathered with his teammates and the Eagles, the guys from the Eagles, and they, you know, they do a quick prayer in the center of the field. So he did that too. And then the last thing that he did was it would be very easy for him to 
um, get out of the locker room as quickly as possible. And what did he do? He fielded every one of those announcer of the uh, sports commentators, reporters questions. And he said, I feel terrible, but I thought I hit a good ball and everything else. So I just think that there's a lot of wisdom that you can ascertain by looking to see how somebody handles failure. And I, it doesn't happen enough in sports. And I just wanted to tip my hat to this young man who makes a lot of money kicking a ball and he had a really bad game. Actually, he had a good game. He, oh, had, he, all had, his, game, yeah. he, had, he had all his field goals, but he didn't uh, make the big one. So uh, anyways. I'm having a huge deja vu. You're positive we didn't talk about this last week. Everything you just said, I have heard you say. 99. Well, it's because you, you sent me the clips, the everything. I'm 99% sure. You're 99 Plus, you just thought his name was Cody Parker. <laughs> true. So. True. Good point. And I know I talked to my class, my college class about it, so maybe that's why it's so fresh. Well, I will, I will add to what you're saying, even if we talked about it before, I'll add to it by saying that there was uh, Heidi Stevens wrote an article for the Trib about because these this. these stories didn't come out because we taped on Monday and this happened Sunday night, so these we didn't know all this on Monday when we taped. That's how I know that we didn't do it. Okay. Okay. All these stories came out Monday, Tuesday. You sure? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, regardless, it's, it's, you know, as Doesn't you matter. always say to me, we can talk about something more than once. Um, but she wrote a, a really good article about, you know, what a good example it was for her children, for everybody's children, just like you're saying. And then today or yesterday, she wrote a follow-up article because she said she was so interested in the feedback she got because she really basically got the two sides of the dichotomy, which was the people who said yes you know, it was such a good teachable moment for my kids. And I even read them your column about why this is such an important moment and how character really shines through after something doesn't go the way you think it should. Sure. Because if something, if things always go the way that we think they should, then we're happy. And then if it goes wrong, then all of a sudden we get some, and I'm saying permission in quotes, but to go crazy and yeah. to lose our mind. And that's not really, that's not really a, a strong character. That's a in inability to handle uh, failure. And there's a, a million examples, but the one I thought Cam Newton lost the Super Bowl a few years ago, and he was just the biggest spoiled little boy in the post game. Yeah. Anyways. And but in and it's interesting because in this society, we are like, but he's angry. And he has a right to be angry. And we and that's in what I was gonna say is the other side that Heidi received were, you know, the feedback she got were people who were like, oh, so you're going to teach your kid to be a loser? Oh, so you're going to teach your kid that they can take, rake in a million dollars and that they can miss shots like that? Yes, uh, you that, can. Yeah. Because everybody misses shots. Right. But the people who they, like your, your cousin uh, was telling me yesterday, she was at the game mm -hmm. and she said the anger oh, yeah. walking out of that stadium, she goes, I was kind of scared. She goes, I kept my head down and walked out because the amount of anger coming out of the, she spoke of men. Mm -hmm. um, she's like, it scared me for them going home to that. Yeah. It was waiting at home. Right. Do you know that the rate of domestic violence is highest the Super Bowl weekend? Doesn't surprise me one yeah. bit. So just to give you an indication of how personally mm -hmm. we can take these experiences. Well, and Cody, he owned it. All I ever want is to own, and he said he thought he hit a good kick. Didn't go through. Did you know it was blocked? It was tipped. It was tipped. Yes, um, and which is another thing. But then people are like, but if you hit kick from a certain distance, it's your job as the kicker to have a certain elevation when it crosses uh, the line of scrimmage. I just know that they changed the language from miss shot to block shot. Yeah. 
yeah, missed attempt or yeah. yeah. Um, but that is the thing is, uh, all I want to do, all I want to teach my kids. And the only thing that how I want to show up in this world is that when I do screw up and I screw up a lot is to own it and not to blame. And he didn't blame anybody. He could have blamed his offensive line for not blocking the guy. Right. He could have blamed, he could have said, well, I hit the first kick because there was actually right. two kicks because the opposing coach called a timeout. So he actually had two chances. The one didn't count that he made and the second one did count and he missed. He could have said, well, I made the first. He didn't do any of that. So I just am very grateful that I have this opportunity. Plus, I just, I... Maybe 20 years ago, this would have devastated me, but I was bummed in that moment. But this game was not won and lost on that last kick. This game was won and lost in the previous 58 minutes and 30 seconds. And the Bears were at home against a team that I think was inferior. And for them to let it come to the very last moment, it's it's an indictment against the coaching, the offense, the defense. It's everybody. It's not just this young man. Well, and I will say this to pull it off of the game for a second. I think it's really interesting when people say things like, you know, he's getting paid this much money or she's getting paid this much money, therefore they can't make mistakes or we're paying them to win or or they I say that because it's like you forget you're a human. And and I would be very uncomfortable pointing such a finger at somebody unless I had somehow perfected my life, which makes kind of no sense at all. Right. It's why safer. Well to it, blame. I just you know, humility is a really important piece of our humanity because... Undervalued, too. It is. It, we think that we're supposed to be, like, so certain all the time. And certainty has drawbacks because you can sound... It, first of all, it gives you no room to be human yourself. That's why I've never been comfortable with pointing fingers too much because I'm like, that finger could be turned around and pointed at me so quickly. Sure. And I would much rather... It's not that I say, oh... It's no big deal. It is a big deal that they lost. But you know what? To your point, he handled it. He owned it. They're dealing with it. And you move forward. It's not that you have to say, it doesn't mean anything. Because to many Chicago fans, it did. So it can be both. You know, it's like we're always saying. It can be that place in the middle. It did mean a lot. But the person who who it ended up, it, fall, it fell on the shoulders of this person, he owned it. Sweetie, do you want to hear the Spanish call of Cody Parkey's missed field goal? Sure, go ahead. It's pretty funny. I love him. I love that. That's what's so funny about soccer, too, is when they... The oh, goal. yeah. Goal! It's so fun. Oh, so anyways, so Cody Parkey, I hope you come back next year, and I hope you win a really big game because I feel the way that you handle loss, the loss, then you deserve to win a big one. Maybe you never will. Maybe you'll never kick another ball in your life. I got a feeling that you will because um, he's under contract uh, with the Bears through a few more years. So we'll see what happens. Well, and one more thing that I'll say mm -hmm. about him or about any of us is a lot of times, you know, one thing he was on the Today Show, which a lot of people were even questioning that, like what gives him a right to be on the Today Show? Um, because the story is what he did was uncommon. That's why it's a story. Yeah. And should be the norm. One thing he said is, you know, football is what I do, but it's not who I am. Uh, he he had a, he has a perspective. He on has, it. and that's and that's the same thing with all of us. Like, 
the work I do, I can really, as Todd can attest to, I can really make it about who I am, um, meaning I take a lot of it very, you know, take it all to heart so much sometimes. But if everything else went away, like if we, if I couldn't do the work I was doing, uh, my life is about the people, Mm -hmm. my relationships, this, you know, the people who I get to see every day. And it's about how you treat people and how you go out in the world. It's not your job title. Um, And if, if we know that, if we can roll with that and be fluid with that, life is not quite as negatively intense. Right. Um, So this is what we're going to do. You're going to go first after I talk about uh, our first partner of the week. Sure. Baselinetesting.com. Okay, this is what it is. You know what a concussion is, sweetie. What is it? We talked about this last week. You hurt your head. A traumatic brain injury. Okay. So there's this test that you can take online, and what it does is it gives you a baseline of how your brain functions when things are normal. So if, God forbid, you get hurt in an accident or you are hurt on the basketball court or the athletic field, whatever it is, This is a way for the doctors to be able to zero in on how to best help you because these doctors are so sophisticated with when they scan your brain is they can see exactly how best to treat you. Um, Whereas back in the old days, I just told you this upstairs, what did they do? They stuck you in a dark room and just hoped you started getting better. So, but how does the test tell that if you be, said they can do a scan that be, doesn't make sense because to me. it me- it measures word memory design memory speed and memory and color matches they're so all you different retake parts the test. yeah you retake uh, the okay. test and they they hit different parts of your brain got it so got they it. can zero in on how best to help you okay. so um i just took the test and it's kind of fun yeah you were a little loud while you were taking well it. i wanted to do as as good as i could and as well as well as, well as i could and um, I did okay, but there are certain like certain parts of it. They really challenge your ability to remember things and things Does like that. Does your brain hurt? Uh, my brain is a little sore. It's a little sore. I'm just kidding. It was fun. Uh, it's 20 minutes. So uh, here's the deal. It's 20 bucks, but if you put in Zen 25, it goes from 20 bucks down to 15 bucks. But you got to click on Add to Order first. Okay. Um, somebody just wrote me and said uh, the coupon code doesn't work. It does, but you got to click on Add to Order first and then type in Zen 25, and it takes down uh, takes it down from 20 bucks down to 15 bucks. So Todd's making our girls do it. Everybody except JC because JC just did, did one. Uh, but Cameron and Skyler are going to be taking this test just in case. And it's one of those things like you need to be proactive because it's one of those things where. Uh, you, you don't think you need it. And then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, oh, I wish I would have taken that baseline. So test. I guess I have to too. Yes. That's, that's in my plan too, but oh. I'm going to start with the girls and then all go right. to you. So go to uh, baseline testing.com and type in Zen 25 for the coupon code. Thank you. Impact baseline testing. Impact. So it is impact. It is, but the, uh, the website is baseline testing.com. All righty. Okay. Um, so I was going to talk about today um, a sentence that I read um, a couple days ago that I've been thinking about a lot, and I actually used it this morning in my yoga class. So you ready? Ready. So the sentence that I read um, in this book I'm reading, uh, it's called Life Shocks by Sophie Savage. Um, and it was given to me by a girlfriend for Christmas this year. I love it when people give me books that they love. Um, and the sentence is... It isn't truth we need to seek to be free. It is lies. Hmm. We need to spot them, track them, hunt them down. The demands, judgments, and accusations avail us from what is really so. We are the walking blind, buying the myths, living the stories, perpetuating the pain. 
But when we peel false beliefs like scales from our eyes, then truth is what remains. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that. Well, means. let's just start with it. Basically, she just she's she has frou frou language, but I don't mind it so much. It when it starts with it isn't truth. We need to seek to be free. It is lies. Mm. Spot them, track them, hunt them down. Okay. So I was thinking today. So Todd knows that sometimes when I go to yoga. Um, that's kind of my time to be alone where I really like to just do yoga. And I don't mind if like people rub my back or, you know, just come over and like help me independent practice. Yeah. Help me get into a deeper pose. But when people are like correcting a lot of things I'm doing, Mm, sorry about that. Um, I get like a little thrown off and here's why there is an ego part to it. Okay. Okay. The ego part to it is I am a yoga teacher and there's things I do that feel better in my body that to most teachers, they may say, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. But I've studied yoga a long time and I've kind of learned because of the way that like, for example, in a certain pose, like a mountain pose or when you're, you know, going to, you're about to go into chair. Okay. Every, you know, they're always like, put your feet together, put your feet together. That doesn't feel good in my body. And I've learned over time to have my, my feet further apart. And teachers will always come say, put your feet together. And I, and in that moment in yoga class, you can't be like, I'm a teacher. I know what I'm doing. Nor do they really care. Yeah. They're trying to teach their own class. Yep. You know what I mean? But it can be frustrating when you're trying to do your own thing. And so today in class, um, I was the way that I, I I was trained in a kind of yoga called Anusara. And the thing about Anusara was it's very big on alignment, but it's very big on being playful and open. And Todd will, Todd did a lot of Anusara way back when with me too. And one of the biggest parts is keeping your hands spread really wide, having your shoulders really like, it's basically you get into a comfortable pose for your body. So I always do that. And, you know, today a teacher came over and was like, your hands are wrong. You know, your hands should be like this. You shouldn't be longer, bigger than the mat. And, you know, it's like hard to like continue going when someone's telling you to not do it the way you do it because you can't explain. So I decided to kind of take this. So I, of course, was in the moment was like, okay, you know, I just listen and move on. Right. But I started thinking about why does that bug me so much? Mm -hmm. And instead of focusing on, you know, my truth is I can do what I want or whatever. What's the lies that I'm telling myself? So the lie, what you, you were about to tell me, the lies I'm telling myself, but I, I think the lies I'm telling myself are all ego-related. Mm, you know better. She, you know, she doesn't think I'm good enough. She doesn't trust me. Um, you know, I, you know, it's just a bunch of, basically the lies are what take hold and send you into the spiral of I'm angry or I'm annoyed or I'm ashamed. Because if you can get a hold of those- yep. I think that's what can step, because sometimes even telling yourselves the truth, like I am free, I get to do what I want, please, you know, all those, they can kind of set you in a more, at least in a situation like this, where I become even more egoic, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I get to do what I, I get very righteous. Truth can sometimes feel righteous. You know what I mean? But if you track down the lies, then you're like, oh, I, but I am enough. So is the lie that you are not enough? Yeah. Or that, that. There, the lie is the belief system that she is somehow being disregarding when all she's doing is trying to help me. Yeah. Like it is, you know, the bottom line is it does annoy me, but she doesn't know that, you know, like she, it, and it's her job. I used to teach yoga classes too. It's your job to help people, but you spy things based on your own practice. Makes sense. So we're going to go deep here for a second with okay. my question. All right, let's go. Um, 
and this is probably therapeutic or, you know, it's, it's something that might happen in a therapy session. And believe me, I never want to therapeutize you, but for the sake that we're on this podcast, because are you going to be my therapist? No, I'm not. But it's something that I sometimes think about when I'm coaching guys, because she's trying to help you and in your monkey brain starts building a story around it. Yeah. So my question would be, let's say, whether it be to a guy telling me the same story is, what is your earliest memory of somebody like telling you what to do when you thought that you knew what you were doing or something like that? Mm -hmm. Because I do feel like many, maybe most, maybe all the time, you can go back in time and see how that happened. I actually have a different example of that. I'll say his name. I won't say his last name. His name is Scott. He helped me teach uh, this fourth grade uh, thing um, where we were helping these fourth grade boys and part of the activities were crafts and things like that. And we got on a conference call and he was asking all these questions, getting anxious about having the ability to do these crafts. And he was like really worried about what seemed to be a really silly, stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Like a fourth grade craft. Like a, right. right. And, you know, he was the teacher and he just wanted to make sure he was doing it right. So I asked him that question. I was like, what's your earliest memory? He said, third grade, I was in church and I was doing these crafts and I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it wrong. And he like was able to identify sure. what that was. So let's go back to yoga. If you didn't have um, some memory and you may not be able to place it, but if you didn't have any baggage in that regard of, you know, I, that you don't like somebody telling you what to do or whatever, it probably wouldn't bother you nearly as much. Is that fair to say? I think so. And and of course, I have early memories of people telling me I'm not doing it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my whole, as you know, my whole story of why I became a teacher was yeah. because teachers would shoot down my ideas all the time. Or told you you weren't smart enough. Uh, yes, in in roundabout ways. Yeah. You're do, you know, like here's, here's the way I think, you know, as I, and I may not have told that story on the show, but the reason I decided to become a teacher in college is because I remembered that when I was in school, when I would raise my hand and I always had a different version of stories. Mm-hmm. Like we would read a, you know, something in fifth grade and I would look at the character very differently. Like, well, I think he's feeling this. And the teacher would say, no, nope, wrong. wrong answer. And that totally, not only does it shut you down, but you're, you're like, but my answer isn't wrong only because it's just we're not just, your answer. It's just not your answer. Like if we're talking about mm-hmm. math, I got the wrong answer. Yeah. Two plus two is four, right? Um, but we're talking about literature and we're talking about the way we experience a character. And it was even at that young of an age, I'm like, what do you mean there's one right answer? Which, again, that gets into standardized tests and why I think they're dumb. But that's a whole nother <laughs> thing. Um, you can go back in the archives yeah, and Paris talk about that. Yes, that's where I get confused about how we measure, you know, someone's intellectual, you know, based on if they can answer A, B, C, or D. Yeah. But I also think that what gets mixed up in here is it's not that simple for me mm-hmm. because part of it is that, which I will own, which is I never liked, I felt less than when someone, and let's talk about times that I really was wrong, like in math mm-hmm. or in science where there's an absolute answer sure. and I was wrong. I don't like that feeling. It's uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. But there's also something that I did a lot in my life, which was, and I often did it to appease people at work or men or boys, which was pretend I didn't know Mm. or to have someone tell me something that I already knew and then to act as if they told me for the first time. And I would do that for the other person's 
comfort, which can sound crazy right now as a 47-year-old woman, but man, I did it. Like people would be like, oh, did you know so-and-so starred in, you know, so-and-so movie? And in my mind, I'm like, of course I know that. But I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Do you feel like you do that as an adult? Maybe not in that type of scenario, but that you do sometimes not play not play dumb or anything like that, but you put somebody else's emotion in front of your own. Uh, yeah. The way that I do it now, and this is kind of where I am with this yoga thing, is because the truth is when she is, when someone is adjusting me there, and let me say, I have a ton to learn in yoga. There are adjustments I get from certain teachers where I'm like, that's really helpful. So in no way do I think I don't need adjustments. I'm just being clear. But when I'm being adjusted on something that I understand a hundred percent, I've explored it for 20 years. I know exactly what's happening here. The, The idea of being like, thank you feels like I'm regressing. Yeah. But the whole idea of being like explaining to the person, listen, I got this, feels a little egoic. Mm-hmm. I don't like know where to land yeah. in there. So What's it, the in between? That's what I'm trying to find. And, and that's what I find stirs me up a lot in those moments is what's the lie? Like is well, the lie... Well, it's interesting. You could do... You could adjust your feet according to the, your teacher's needs even though you know it doesn't work Correct. for you. And that's what I've... Right. And, but you didn't do that this morning, did you? Well... What did you do? <laughs> this is what I did. I, I tried to be... Because she kept saying, you have to do this. And she would move my hands. So she thought I was doing this. Mm-hmm. When really my hands were just spread. Really, I'm trying to show Todd. I'm just, You know, I knew... Like, I know... <laughs> and this is going to sound... But for those of you who like, think about something you know. Like, Todd, think about something you understand really well mm-hmm. in JVI. Mm-hmm. Okay, give me an example. Like the difference between a bearing pad and uh, something. And a different type of bearing pad. And a different pad. type of bearing pad. <laughs> and someone was like, oh this bearing pad is different from this bearing pad because blah, blah, blah. There'd be part of you that would go, yes, because I've known that for 24 years. So when someone's like, your fingers need to be like this and you don't want to hyperextend, I want to be like, correct. But I don't want to be demeaning to the person, but I don't want to be demeaning to myself. So what did you do? So... I just, I kept my fingers spread wide, but when she would come around... You would modify. I would. You know why? Why? Because I don't want you to come around. I don't want you to be like, no, no, no. To readjust Because that ruins my my experience more. Because Mm. I started by saying, um, I... I want, I'm in there to be alone. Yeah. And I know that that doesn't make sense when... But the big picture is for you to be alone. Yes. So the way to be alone is for you to uh, appease your teacher Correct. in the moment you she happens it. to be looking you at your it. hands. Or afterwards, I can... And again, I take yoga classes everywhere. So there's so many different... Te- so, you know, like the teachers that I love and know me, the one that I go back to, they I have a history with them. So they're very like... They, they always adjust me, but they'll help me do things bigger mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? They trust me yeah. in my own alignment. But when you're in a new class, that person doesn't know me from anybody. And that woman, that was a woman teacher, uh-huh. right? She wants to feel valuable. Of course. So the way she does that is to help her students where she thinks that her students are making a mistake. So her intention is nothing but pure no, and pure good. goodness. But the impact of it is it's making you uncomfortable. Well, and it's just hard because like it, hard is the wrong word. It's interesting. I find this whole conversation to be interesting. And, and I hope you guys can relate this to your own experience because it's like when someone comes up to me and they'll be like, I've heard about this new research that I want to tell you about. It's by this woman named Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And she taught, and they'll want to totally explain to me, you know, and and I want to be like, and how do you say to someone, I've been studying this for seven years without putting them down. And without giving yourself away. Correct. 
there's the there's this in between area where I think it's very easy in this area. Here's the thing: is something like yoga and something like the line of work I'm in, which is self awareness. Who isn't working on self awareness? Who doesn't? find themselves to be somewhat of an expert in their own lives. Yeah. So there is a lot of people out there who want to relay information or reading similar books and who are doing similar things and they want to share. But sometimes the share I'm challenged with because I don't know how to – most of the time it, there's nothing to say except thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing with me and I don't need to be like, oh, listen. Yeah. you know. But there are times when, when the conversation goes on, I'm starting to – realize that I'm swallowing myself to make sure this other person feels comfortable. So how would Buddha or Gandhi or Jesus or somebody who is enlightened, how would they, like, let's put them in that example. Somebody's telling Jesus how to be self-aware. Well, you like, know, what, what does he say? From what I understand from the stories, if I'm to kind of compile them, it's kind of like, do you remember the story that used to drive us crazy about the guy who, I think it was a, a story in Buddhism. I think it was about enlightenment. It could have been, but it was about the guy who kept getting blamed for things and he would oh, be like, yes. maybe, yeah. and he never really did any of yes. them. And they kept prosecuting mm, him and, good. and you and I were like, why doesn't the guy speak up? And it's because he didn't get involved. Yeah. So I think the story is you just, you're, it's just your ego that needs to let them know. But, but there's part of me that's like, I can't continue this conversation if I've already started off inauthentically pretending I don't know about hand placement and Brene Brown. If I've already started off on that note, we're not starting off in a place that I feel like I'm being authentic. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's challenging. And, and I don't, and I don't think this is about me. I think this is about the balance of when, when we let things go and when we speak up, it's the same story. And what is a lie that we're telling ourselves and what is our truth in the moment? And I think that, um, this is a constant practice for me because I have, um, had my share of egoism where I've walked away feeling like, man, that wasn't necessary. Right. Um, and then I've also had my share of, and I think this can be a very, um, you know, women that I work with share this, is that I've allowed myself to be talked down to so the person across from me feels valued by me, and that's not good either. I found this story. Oh my gosh, this story. It's called Maybe, said the farmer. I think this is right. Maybe we might have to cut this out. Once upon a time, there was an old farmer who had worked his crops for many years. One day his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, his neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said sympathetically. Maybe, the farmer replied. This is a different story, but it's so good. Keep telling it. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing bringing with it three other wild horses. How wonderful, the neighbors explained. Maybe, replied the old man. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown and broke his leg. The neighbors came again to offer their sympathy on his misfortune. Maybe, answered the farmer. The day after, military officials came to the village to draft young men into the army. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Maybe, said the farmer. It's his parable. It Right. And I love that one. And I had just... I thought that was the one. That, well, the one I'm thinking of is the one where the guy gets in a ton of trouble. Mm. Remember? Mm. the there? It's a similar kind of parable, but mm. where he, he stays... They're asking him if he... Um, 
they assume that he hurt somebody. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that I story? Do. I do. And he's like staying oh, that... out of the mess of everybody else's... We'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. Okay. Because that is, that is I think, even more powerful than this maybe story. Even though the reason I love that story yeah. is because I feel like that You never terrible... know you how never something know. is going to unfold. So the worst thing that happened to you in your life could end up becoming, unfolding into the most wonderful blessing of all time. And we have a lot of judgments about, like, I could even say, like, using this small example that I was talking about this morning, where I, you know, get thrown into ego about my hand placement, you know, I could learn something new. Maybe it's the best thing for me. I, you know, maybe being alone and being one, you know, is not the best thing in that moment. The, The goal of enlightenment is to be open to whatever is. And sometimes... I am, and yeah. sometimes I'm not. Right. Um, and that is even a story in itself to be like, I'm not open <clears throat> right now. Is that true? You know, is it true that you you don't have a choice to be open? No, that's not true. What's the lie that I'm telling myself that I am that it's impossible for me to be open? That there's nothing I could learn. Yeah. That's a lie I'm telling myself. And and you know, th- I started off with the quote you know, that it makes it a little deeper. The quote is really more about what's the continuous lie that we tell ourselves. And usually when you dig down deep, it really is, I'm not enough, or people don't value me, or I don't value myself. Um, But sometimes, you know, that's the deep, deep dive. But sometimes on the surface, like what I did in class was I decided to have my intention in class to be to dissipate the energy that I felt about that experience, Mm. rather than to dive super deep into what does this all mean? In class, I was like, because it was about 10 or 15 minutes in that it happened, I was like, my intention in the rest of this class is just to let all of that dissipate. And what was interesting is the class ended really fast for me. Because you know how sometimes I'm like done by, you know, 45 minutes in. And, um, and it did dissipate, meaning I didn't come home and tell you that story right away. Sure. But it's still on my mind as I think that sometimes the most benign things during the day can be really good indicators of our belief system. Or our questioning of why, what's underneath all of that? Well, and to to get down to the foundation, to the deepest place, and this goes back to Brene, and Brene learned it from somebody else, I'm sure, is the question always is, am I enough? And there's a part of you that probably answered the question while she's trying to adjust your hands in yoga class that... There's an egoic part of me that yes. says, no, I'm not enough. or She I, doesn't think I'm enough. Right, right. Or I'm inflating my importance right. as she should know more. And the, the answer to that question is, are we enough? So you who are listening, Kathy and I who are talking right now, we are enough. Why do we know that? Because we were born. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's something we all forget, but it's something that we all need to remember is the fact that we're here defines the fact that we are enough. Well, and and on a on a less deep level, the the thought is is we can say that person doesn't believe I'm enough, but really that's a projection of what we're feeling because sure. if you know you're enough, then it shouldn't bother it you. It really shouldn't bother you. It's kind of like a um, you know, the the example we give that if someone says that you have horns coming out of your head, you know you don't. So it's a it's a weird kind of way to put you down. So at the risk of being overly methodical or mathematical or black and white, in order to measure whatever evolution, your own personal evolution. Let's say you're in a yoga class 10 years from now Uh and somebody's telling you how to do something you really, really know. And it doesn't even, it doesn't even show up on your radar. Would that be, 
would that be a like a measure? I know we don't measure this stuff, but would you be? Able, wouldn't that be a good thing? Like the idea of this happening and you not even even noticing? Well, I think no? those are kind of things where we say, I need to be better than I am. And I think I'm just human. Mm-hmm. And I think that... See, I always want to be better than I am. I know, but then you're not, you don't think you're enough. I know. So it's my... problem. <laughs> right. And my point is, is, is I don't... I, my belief system is that, of course, there's the child in me who's like, I need to be better. I need to get A's. I mm-hmm. need, you know, we all have that. But that's my whole point is that you're never going to absolve yourself of all those pieces. Instead, it's an awareness of where am I right now? And can I, um, and these feelings, just the fact that I'm having all of these deep feelings about a very small moment in time. I'm not angry at that woman. She did nothing wrong. Right. She's a good teacher, but I what it what it provoked in me is an opportunity is to learn for myself. But do I sit here and go, gosh, I hope five years from now someone moves my hands and it doesn't bother me at all. That seems like a like you said, it's a thing like I need to be better than I am. I'm just noticing my humanness. I just think she reminded you of some small teeny baggage in you. And and she gave you an opportunity to look inward, saying, "What is it about this? Like we're having a podcast about it. Like it's an interesting thought experiment, or it's an ex- interesting exercise. So it is a you know that's what it is. Like every day, some things happen to us. Like we have this idea of what our day is going to be like. It doesn't show up the way that we want it to, and we can either get mad or we can get curious of how. What is it about this that I'm kind of being upset about. Yes, but I think five years from now, 10 years from now, it'll be something different. And I don't mean that I will have devolved or that I think that one thing that I've accepted is something that that I think you do, Todd, is there are certain teachers that you have a belief system about them that they have it figured out. Mm -hmm. Like you've felt that way about Tony Robbins. You obviously feel that way about Michael Singer right Mm -hmm. now. You're like, he, he is the one who's teaching me. He knows. And I think you forget that they're human beings who are teaching Uh because this is, and you don't, you're not even realizing this about your own self because you teach too. Like when I, right now on this podcast, we are teaching Mm -hmm. and people hear me and go, man, she she knows that stuff and she would never do this, that, or the other. And I still do, but I teach this because I understand what's happening. I have a, you know, and so, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago when I had so many emails about people saying, you have a therapist, you're not supposed to have a therapist. See, that's a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. The, the, the We have, um, there is no point in time where you're like, got it, we grow, you know what I mean? Sure. Like we become more aware of what we're doing. Maybe our uh, fuse is is longer yeah. in a good way. You right. know, people say you have a short fuse. That's growth. Yeah, that's growth. You're not as reactive. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I think maybe a 10 year old version of me would be like, I can't believe she came here. Doesn't she see that, you know, where I'd be reactive? There yeah. was nothing reactive. It was more. Well, that almost is like helps me with my thing. Because I think the older we get, if we're lucky and we, and that we as human beings continue to look inward and have more experiences to pull from. Right. You know, think of a two year old. Two right. year old is by definition reactive, reactive, mm-hmm. selfish, the, my toy, mm-hmm. all that. Well, we don't really say my toy when we're 12, or hopefully we don't say it in the same way. And the older we get, the more experiences we have under our belt and the more understanding of self we have through these experiences that happen to us, we get, I don't know, closer to 
where we want to go. How about instead of that, because there is nowhere we have to go, because yeah. you're fine right now, right. Are the fuse or the leash or the line gets so much longer sure. so we have more choices? Right. Because I don't think you ever, for, you never dump your childhood self. You never get rid of the traumas that you experience. You just integrate them. You just learn from them. So there's not a point where, and, and whenever someone teaches me from a place of complete certainty, where they're like, this is the way, this is the only way. I don't understand how anyone does it another way. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And and not because I think they're lying to me, mm-hmm. but because I think their certainty is like leaking through where mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, there doesn't seem to be a lot of wiggle room in yeah. there. And there is, the thing is, is, is there are some teachers who their practice has become so sharp that their fuse or their line is super long. Sure. And, I, and I give them total props for that. Sure. And I feel like... I have a pretty good line. Right. It's not always that long, long though. Like I, yeah, and it depends I, on the day, what's going on. And I don't want it to be, meaning I would never want to live. I don't want to be the person that people are, you know, on Twitter, going back to Cody Parkey, you know, who people are like, he shouldn't have done that or he shouldn't, you know, he's getting paid. He shouldn't make a mistake because I want enough room to be able to be human. Yeah. I don't want people to be like, she's, she's always going to do it right. Sure. Cause I'm not. And that ability that in itself gives me the freedom to do it right. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because there's fixed mindset and growth mindset. Fixed is like there's either you're either right or wrong, you're either good or bad. Growth is like there's always room. Sure. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Anything else? <laughs> Were you ready for me to be done five minutes no, ago? No, 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 not you at all. Shut it's off. just no. I, I I'm not shutting off. I just you know we you and I can go back and forth on this for a while, and I'm in agreement with ninety nine point nine percent. I'm just more like there's a. All I'm trying to say is that there's a growth that happens, and you didn't even disagree with me. Mm-mm. Of course there is. Um, I just want to be able to, um, you know, identify my triggers sooner, or I want to like, you know, like this Cody Parkey thing. Ten years ago, I would have been mad for two days. Right. I was mad for 14 minutes. And even when he missed that kick, my heart went out to him. We saw that guy coming out of Soldier Field mm-hmm. who was so mad. I know. F-bombs. I thought like he was ready to strangle somebody. Right. He was going to like have a heart attack. And I'm just like, my God, dude, loosen the grip his, just a little bit. His thoughts and his reactivity and also his expectations and the lie that the Bears winning will make him happy. Yes. See, that's the lie under there is if... If my team does well, which represents me, it makes me worthy. And the only way I am yeah. worthy is if Chicago does well. And those are a bunch of lies that a lot of people Because it will are, make you happy for a little for, bit. Right. And then it won't. Well, and then that dives us into the definition of happiness versus joy. Because sure. happiness is fleeting. Happiness is something, you know, oh, you know, I just got a chocolate shake. That makes mm. me happy. But we can't constantly buy chocolate shakes all day. Like sure. that's more of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A happy is more of a, um, it, there's a better word to describe it, like a pleasure. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. It's like, oh, that gives me pleasure. But life, you know, I know a lot of us would like to go around feeling pleasure all the well, time. Well, if you think about it, chocolate cake. You love chocolate I cake, do. right? From I Portillo's. It. I love it. It's my favorite. It's your favorite. If you had that for dinner tonight and for breakfast tomorrow and for lunch tomorrow and for dinner tomorrow... There wouldn't be pleasure in it anymore. There'd be no pleasure in it at all. So let's talk to our um, the 
the team, the Tom Brady team, the Patriots. <laughs> Do you guys still feel pleasure? As I like to call them the Tom Brady team. They're, they're, <laughs> I watch the games and I'm bored. They're, I'm like, they're yay, in their, they win. Their eighth consecutive AFC championship, Boring. which is unprecedented. And you know what? I say that knowing that some of our members of Team Zen are huge Pats fans. Well, so I'm not trying to put down Tom Brady. He's a specimen. He's 41. Can I tell you a quick story about what? the Patriots? What? One of my friends, as you know, yes. Brendan, is yes. a coach. yes. And he had just been hired by Belichick. Yeah. And uh, they had, it's his first year on the Patriots. And the team had a bye coming up. So when the bye and the playoffs happen, yeah. um, the Belichick gives his coaches like all these like really kind of hard, difficult, challenging, boring things to do during the bye week. Oh. All, all, all important, but it's just not very much fun. And the and Brendan's fellow coaches was like complaining about it. Mm. And all Brendan said was, "Listen, I've been on a lot of. He, he coached for the Vikings. He coached for the Rams. He's like, I've been on a lot of different teams. And every other year, what I was doing is going home because I wasn't in the playoffs. Oh, so it gave these guys a perspective shift. Like, yeah." We the it's Patriots are always in the playoffs, and yes, this bye week sucks because it's a lot of work with no real fun game to build up to. And Brendan's like, "Listen, I've been on the other side, and we were done a month ago, and we were yeah. done a month ago, <laughs> right. and you're spoiled, and you have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and be you know somewhat grateful." It just is funny as someone who I you know. <clears throat> Again, I do have an appreciation for their skill, but it, it is boring. The game yesterday was boring. The Chargers game. Who did they play? They played the Chargers yeah. and they beat the pants off of them. That's the reason what I it mean. was boring is not because it was the Patriots, because oh. it was a boring game. I know, but they always win like I mean they don't always win like they didn't that. They didn't win, win the last Super year. Bowl. Yeah, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they're always they're like the Atlanta Braves from the nineties, sweetie. I know you know what that means. I do. It's like no, the Chicago Bulls from the nineties. Yeah. Little That's bit. my yeah. version. The Atlanta Braves won all the time. Ted Turner. They only won once, sweetie. Oh. <laughs> but they were in the playoffs like 10 years well, in Oh, a row. well, that's what I mean. Yeah. They were a good team. They were a very good team. I was like, wow, I really got to check my memory. But yeah. yeah, they were super good. They were. And the Bulls were super good. Yes, they were. They they three-peated. They three-peated twice. Yes. Come on, sweetie. They three-peated a lot. I was at uh, that that bar. What was that bar called? Oh, that one? <laughs> The one, you know, the one I'm talking about. No, I Where don't. did we always go watch the games? The big place. It's L. I want to say Lauderdale Landing because that's in. <laughs> um, I know the one you're talking. Lakeview about. Links. Yeah, the Links. I went to Lakeview Links. It's probably not even open anymore. Really? No, probably not. We're old. Oh, we, we are. We weren't really... in that bar district for. That's 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, can I do my yes, last I'm quick done. piece? Hey, I'm real done. quick before I do it, I want to promote Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He owns a company called Avid Company. If you live in Chicago and you have any work uh, that you need to do, whether it's painting or remodeling your basement, your kitchen, your bathroom, give Jeremy a call, 630-956-1800. The website is avidco.net. So in the last 10 minutes or so of this podcast, I want to talk about yesterday. Okay. Um, my mom passed away four years ago. Uh-huh. And my mom was the matriarch, and she kept the extended family together. Correct. Since then, since her passing, uh, we we haven't seen our extended family bar- As much. barely at all. Mm-hmm. So there was a family party planned yesterday, and it was all mostly the cousins that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So most of most of the people were like anywhere between forty years old and sixty years old, mm-hmm. something like that. And I, um, I RSVP'd and I said, yeah, I think Kathy and the girls will come. 
And so there's so many different facets to this. And I don't know if I'm going to do a good job, but I'm going to do my best. I struggled with the idea of saying, girls, you got to come with because this is a family party, even though they would not know really anybody with the exception of me and you and my sister. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is a bunch of strangers. So why am I forcing my daughters to come to this party? Because a lot of it is out of loyalty to my mom who passed away because I have my mom in the back of my head saying family first, extended family. And um, so I, you and I kind of did a lot of processing before yes, yesterday about what, and plus you had a terrible headache the day before, which was still lingering. So I even thought, I'm like, well, maybe I'll just go by myself. And I'm like, well, you know, we don't get these opportunities and it's extended family and maybe we should do it. So the, the reason I bring this story up is because I think most parents struggle with this idea of how much do we have to do because, you know, our parents, you know, we were brought up a certain way or how much of it has to do with, you know, our parents would want us to do this, even though my mom's not even here anymore. Um, so I, I, I struggled with what to do. And what we ended up doing was basically compromising because um, my one daughter had already had plans. So she had to modify those plans. She almost had to cancel them, but we kind of basically took two cars. Mm -hmm. So you and the girls, uh, we all showed up at the same time. You left a few hours later and I left a few hours after that. So I feel good in what happened. Mm -hmm. um, but there was just so much stuff that I was trying to process through because some of it was, well, my family members judge me because my daughters aren't there at all. So I, I do want to own the fact that I did feel like, oh, I don't want to be judged. So I'm at least going to have them show up for a little bit. I don't even know if what we came up with was right. I know what wasn't right was making them sit in a room by themselves for four hours while I talked to a bunch of cousins I grew up with. Mm -hmm. That didn't feel right. So we made this compromise. Um, and then I, another piece was when I was a little kid, you know, and you were too. We we always were put in these horrific situ horrific. <laughs> they weren't horrific, but uncomfortable. Uncomfortable situations. And there's a part of me like, hey, I had to do that when I was a little kid and go to Aunt Blah Blah Blah's, even though I didn't know who Aunt Blah 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 was, and I was forced to play with this cousin that I never met and won't see again for three more years, and I had to do that. So I'm going to make you guys do that. So that didn't feel right. So um, it was just it, it was this. Um, process of kind of discerning between what was the right thing to do. And like I said, I don't know if what, how we handled it was right. We made a compromise. I think either we did it right or a part of me is more like I shouldn't have made them go at all. Mm -hmm. But well, I couldn't I, go all the way that way. Truth was, there is no right or wrong. There is yeah. only what works well and what makes you feel like you're for you know, lack of a better way to say it, living your own truth. Like, mm -hmm. what is your reasoning and do you feel grounded in your reasoning? Because if you feel grounded in your reasoning, then it's easy to look at the girls and say, this is something we're going to do. That's where I think parents struggle a lot is when they're not even sure why they're doing something and they're forcing their kids to do it. Um, the reason that the kids are like, can be difficult about it or say, why are we doing this? Is because they feel your ungroundedness. Yeah. They feel that they're not quite sure. They know you don't even know. Yeah. So they're like, why are we doing this? Why is this important? And I, I feel like, because sometimes, Todd, there's a statement that you say in situations, not just with family, but with anything like this, you'll say, well, all I know is I don't ask a lot. Mm -hmm. You'll say, and I- and I ask for so very little, I ask little, for sweetie. so little. And, and, and for the most part, I 100% agree with you. Like, you're not a demanding father by any, but 
that's not a good enough it can't be no like just to say well I get three times where I'm going to ask things that are just outlandish be just because I only it, it, it's it doesn't feel grounded yeah. to me and so it's not about the ask it's about why and if you're clear then it becomes clear for everybody it's like a simple mm-hmm. it's clarity and my biggest problem was I didn't have it yesterday right. like I was right. I, I, I leaned on you for support like help me process this what are my intentions of asking them to come with what uh, you know what are what is the impact going to be if I let my kids just you know, let's just be an extreme. That not that they did this, but they're just going to go play on their computer for five hours instead of be with us and their extended family. But what I ended up like, my ego. If I were to identify with my ego, what I want, what my ego wanted was for them to come, for them to interact and 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 show impress. how impressed. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's exactly the word. And, and be so impressive and be so social and <laughs> interact. And, and, you know, they, they did some of that, but a lot of the time they were sitting on the couch with you watching the TV and which we were interacting, interacting you know. at the same yeah. time. So that's what my ego, but what my soul, my, 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 my heart plays, um, after it was over. Cause you guys bailed a few hours later and I, I texted you and JC and so Cameron and just said, thank you for coming. And I, I am grateful that you guys came mm-hmm. Um, not that I like gave you a, gave everybody a ton of choice, but anyway, so I don't know. Well, and I and again, I think going back to there is no right or wrong. There is only are is it why is it important to you? And if it is, then people will show up for you right. if you have clarity. What I think though sometimes, and this is not about you, but I think in other families, what we tend to do is we make everything the same value. We we put the same amount of importance on everything, sure. and so there is it's kind of a sense of, I can't miss any beat here. I've got to like, make sure my, we show up as a family here and I have to make sure we show up as a family here and I have to make sure you, and, and one thing that we talked about is, you know, our girls have all sorts on my side and on Todd's side have all sorts of cousins that are their age. And when that, when there's a get together with those people, the people their age, they're the ones who want to go two hours early. Right. So it's not as if they don't value family. I was putting my experience on them. Right. My, I was putting my, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you. no, keep going. I was putting my, like, hey, these are my cousins, my family. This, my daughters don't know these people, mm-hmm. but yet I'm acting as if they should. Well, and that's what you and I talked about. And first of all, there is no wrong because in that scenario, we could say, well, that's why you go yeah. to get to know these people. The the big but though is there is an expectation or if there's too much built around it, like they need to have the same experience with these people that I did when the when the age gap is completely different, right. the life experience is different, and your mom isn't here. Right. And so that doesn't mean you drop all these relationships. You don't, but you don't put them on your children and say, you have to maintain them for me. Well, one thing I was proud of is a few people said, oh, where'd the girls go? I said, oh, they, you know, I had, they had things to do or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I just let it sit. Like I could have made up a stupid lie. I could have inflated the truth. I'm like, oh, they had other things. And I felt proud that I wasn't like, because a lot of times we'll like, we'll massage the story. Or we'll massage the story. Well, what made it nice, and which is why I love truth, because truth wins all the time, is that they really did. Yeah. Like we had them change their plans so we could make sure that we did spend time with your family and then they changed their plans and we had to be back at a certain time so they could then get back into the groove of their, because they were really accommodating too. Mm-hmm. And we may say to our kids, well, our plans always trump your plans. Right, because Cameron had plans, yeah, JC, JC had plans, plans. Skyler, who knows? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what she was doing, but 
they they actually did compromise their day because mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And it, there's this author, 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 authoritarian. Thank you, authoritarian idea of we're the adults, we're in charge. You're coming to cousin Johnny's house, whether you like it or not. That's how I grew up. And I don't want to be that dad. And there is a place for those of you who are like, but sometimes it has to be that way. Yes, Correct. There it is. Like, there let is. me tell you. Okay, let me give you an example. Even though, um, and and actually, this is not a great example because the girls were always so great with this, and so were you. But like, when my dad was sick, that wasn't easy. No, it's hard being around a sick man. It was hard, and but the girls were really great about it. Mm. It wasn't all the time though. I was there all the time. When when I asked you guys to come with me or to be with me, I think there was this understanding. They they could feel that I was grounded in it's time. Will you come this time for me to support me, or will you come this time because we're having a brunch and I want like there was it wasn't just come because you're supposed to. Yeah. That just it doesn't land well. It makes it's a kind of pressure that I think that we're almost asking our children to hold some of the pressure for us, like show up for me so I don't have to hold this so much. That's, it's so interesting because I'm kind of feeling it differently. And I think that the, you know, you the compromise is beautiful because it's real. It's, it's, let's go do this. These people are important to me. I love my extended family. You guys come for a little bit and then, okay, let's, I'm going to stay for a little longer. This could have have gone sideways in so many different ways. One way is I would have like said, you know what? We're doing this. I don't care, Kathy. I don't care what you say. Hmm. This only happens once a year. I could have justified it a million different ways. We're doing this and you guys are going to stay and, you know, you use the word show up. Like show is like it. Like my ego is like, I want you guys to show up and show my family how nice you are, how polite you are, whatever that is, whatever the show is. So that's one way it could have gone or it could have gone uh, where I'm like, you know what? Nobody go. I'm going by myself, and then I'd be pissed Passive for two aggressive. days. Yeah. Passive aggressive. Right. So, um, you know, I just feel like uh, like this situation could have gone sideways a million different ways, and it did. You know, it's not perfect, but it was is pretty Sorry. good. Yeah. Everybody. I don't think anyone. I think we all felt really good. Like well, and what's was... funny is both of the older girls said, sorry, I didn't stay longer. I said, that's all right. I'm like, I know you didn't really want to be there that much. Anyways, talking to a bunch of strangers, watching a football game you have no interest in, eating food that, you know, whatever. The food was fine, but food whatever. Food was really good. Um, and I think that even for those of you who are listening who have experiences where everything did go sideways, that's okay too, because then you can pull from that. Like, why did it go sideways? Um, was I asking people to do more than maybe their share? Was I not taking ownership of my own? Is ungroundedness a word, Todd? I don't even know. I'm, don't know. I'm claiming it. But was I not being clear in myself first about what I needed and what I desired? And then if I was clear about it was an in was it an inauthentic need and desire was it something where I did want to put on a show right. because that's not fair and or was it that this is this is important in this moment to me and instead of like the I don't ask a lot it's I know this is tough or this may not be the first thing you wanted to right. do but we'll do this and let's build in some some outs here some release valves you and I always talk about release buttons where we'll just stay for a little bit well and let's just say whatever me or the the parent that might be listening it's like you know what I'm making them do it regardless or not. So let's just say you do that and you're not happy about it, but you do it anyways because you don't want to disappoint your mom or your dad or something like that. When your kids complain, because they probably will, because they'd rather be out with their friends. Understand. Understand. Yeah. Like, I know this sucks. Instead of, 
I used to have to do this, so you have to do it. <laughs> right. You know? And sometimes we do that because we're offended because we care so much about what we're showing up for that those people do mean something to us. And we're sad that they don't mean the same to our kids. But that's not our kids' fault. Yeah. That's just the changing of time. And like I like you and I talked about, if your brother lived here and there was something with their cousins, they would be there in yeah. way before we you know, like it's not as if family doesn't mean something sure. to them. Just not the People, not these strangers that they see at see at all the funerals and weddings. Exactly, but it doesn't mean they don't <clears throat> matter either. There's this that they do matter, and you do love them, and we we make sure that we honor those relationships. And when our girls are involved, that's that's occasional too. But sure. it's not a it's not a have to and a must and a should right. because those sound like pressure filled, uncertain yep. terms. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was, I was going to say something else about, once you think about it, yeah, I'm go, you, talk you about, read something. Cause I know that there was something else. So I want to thank a few Zen friends and Zen friend is somebody who contributes to the scholarship fund for our conference, which is coming up on March 8th and 9th. Get your tickets now. Um, Annie Lombardo, she's a Zen friend. So I want to give her a clapping sound. Oh, good. You're not doing names. And her nickname is oh. Annie Vince Lombardo. Do you get it? Yeah, Vince but it's Lombardi. Lom- it's Lombardi, though. And then a woman named Judy Cassani. That's my mother. Yay, mom. Judy, the best mother-in-law ever, Cassani. She is. You she like that is, one? She is the tops. And then uh, last, Jen and Steve Kovacs. Nice. Steve is in my men's group. And I didn't have a good nickname for them, so I said Jen and Steve Coverino Kovacs. That's the worst one. And then we have new Team Zen members, Erin Barlidge. Nice. She's a Welcome, new team Aaron. member. It's Ellen Let's Go to the Barlidge. <laughs> that, one's, that one's pretty good. Thank you. Um, and then lastly is Jacqueline Forbes, and I'm nicknaming her Jacqueline, not my assistant pledge trainer, Mark Forbes. Honey, that is such a personal... Nobody gets that. Explain well, I had a guy that. named Mark Forbes, and he was my assistant pledge trainer. So Jacqueline's nickname is not my, Jacqueline, not my assistant pledge trainer trainer Mark Forbes. That's what I would call rando, which is the way my girls say you're random. A ran- you're a rando. You're rando. Oh, and I want to uh, promote um, one of our conference sponsors. Oh, good. Did I did I promote Navigate last week? I don't think I did. I don't know. Navigate Adolescence. We I'm a- did, because remember we talked about it used to be HGNA. Oh, we did. But okay. it's okay. You can, you can explain what you did this weekend. <sighs> On Saturday, I uh, helped facilitate a program that we do for Navigate called Compass. We, we, we put programs together for kindergarten through eighth graders. And this Saturday, I was part of an amazing team of other men that taught fourth and fifth graders social-emotional learning, uh, healthy masculinity, And it was absolutely awesome. And my sweetheart taught the parents for 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, if you are a teacher or a parent and you want to bring any of these amazing programs that Navigate offers to your neck of the woods, go to navigateadolescence.org, or you can talk to them at the booth at the conference on March 8th and 9th. They are a silver sponsor. So thank you to Navigate. Did you figure out what you wanted to say? No, and I it the, sometimes when something leaves me like that, I think it didn't need to be said in the first place. Yeah, that's a nice way of looking yeah. at it. Yeah, um, and then uh, the conference two months away, less, less than two months away. Yeah, don't don't get me started. My brain is. I told I told Todd this morning. I said, don't make any plans. Todd gets busy. I don't 
get busy, sweetie. You I do. don't make plans. You do make There's plans. There's no plans. And you get busy, and then you're There's like, no I'm going to open a new building, and I'm going to... Sweetie, I don't open new buildings. I'm going to create an... Open a restaurant. I don't I'm gonna, open restaurants. I'm going to run a bar. I you're always creating new business. I do have a bucket list. I would like to be a bartender at one point before I die. Let's do that in our senior citizen place where we live. Why don't you be the bartender there? Do old people drink? Well, they you can give them. They, they I'm might thinking drink. of like a cocktail, the movie type of bar Honey, thing. That ship has sailed. Sweetie, you are not. You think you're Tom Cruise? There is no such thing. You don't know how to throw the I drinks. I can learn how to throw you're, drinks. You don't have a friend named Brian Flanagan, or no, Brian Flanagan was Tom Cruise. What's the other guy's name? Coglin's Law. Coglin. What was his first name? Uh, Doug. I can't, Doug. I can't Coglin. believe you don't remember it, sweetie. Well, I know his real name. We're not talking about his because he was name. in the Thornbirds. I know. You Brian always Br- talk about. <laughs> I love the. I've Thorn never birds. seen the Thornbirds. Oh my gosh, Todd, that's that's a you're missing a chip if you haven't seen the Thornbirds. Are you sure about that? Yes. I don't think so. I I wanted to name if we had a son, which we didn't, but I wanted to name our son Dane because that was Maggie's son, and Todd was like, "No, mm. I don't care what it's from. He wouldn't let me." Anybody have a son named Dane? It reminded me of Dane Cook. But we didn't know Dane Cook then. That was like way back when. That was know, 15 years ago. But we would have now. I know. And then do you, do you remember my story about um, our friend Pam and Jimmy? And they named their daughter Maggie because of the Thornbirds. And I was like, I have a someone who understands. I do remember that. I know. Pam Pam Amicron. Uh-huh. Oh. But the only thing I'm really going to miss... Conversations we had. No, that's Coglin. I want to get the funny parts of Doug Coglin. Why don't you play Hippie Shakes? The Hippie Hippie Shake. <laughs> oh, it's such a cheesy good movie. It is, but you know, well, I know you know that my friend Jerry wanted to be him, and so that's why he does the work he does. <laughs> Sweet, this is all video. It's not going to mean anything to anybody listening. But they're going to play the song now. So it's Tom Cruise being a cheese ball. He's throwing the, the drinks. Making these drinks. I'm putting them in the show notes. So if you're listening on your phone and you want to watch them make these drinks, just click on the YouTube link because it's going yeah, to be there. These people, uh, everybody has seen Cocktail, right? I know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows about Perfume. <laughs> Sweetie, <laughs> I think sometimes we forget how Ours. much useless knowledge we have in our brains. We have a lot of quotes from Cocktail. In regards to movies. And other movies. Um, that's about all I got. I think I, I think I took everything I wanted to take care of. I'm, all right. I am happy with my nicknames. Are you? There was the one, the couple, say those people again. Um, the Kovac. Uh, Steve and uh, Jen and Steve Kovacs. Yeah, and then what was your the Coverinos? Yeah, that was kind of brutal. They, d- I think they deserved better. You like the Aaron Barlage one? Yeah, take me to the Barlage. Aaron, 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 <laughs> let's go to the Barlage. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, you didn't like my other ones, okay. but you know what? I love to fail. You Embrace do? failure. Just try it. See what happens. Are you with me? You're going to call Cody Perky? Um, hey, for all everybody who likes the podcast and you want to take a deeper dive with Todd and Kathy and get to know us on a more personal level, join Team Zen. Yes. 
It's a fun, it's a fun experience. Everybody's pretty amazing and good to each other. Yeah. If you kind of, if you're one of those people who says social media sucks and everybody's mean and everyone's trolling. Not on come, Team Zen. Come be a part of Team Zen. And it's, it's not all positive. It's people sharing their challenges, but they get support. Well, it is all positive in that you can share a pretty deep challenge and people are really uh, compassionate and empathetic. So it's not a, it's one of those places where I think, um, you feel, I know sometimes as we're, you know, people say safe, that we don't need safe spaces, that we should be able to handle everything. But sometimes it's nice to know that people aren't going to come back and criticize you. And we have a coupon code J-A-N as in Jan Brady, and you'll get a free month. So if you're interested, uh, do that oh, for Team Zen. If you want to try Team Zen, you put in J-A-N and it's a free month. Free month. Huh. 25 bucks off. Nice. That's a lot of brewskis. Um, and then ToddAdamsCoaching.com. Guys, if you're out there and you want some support, uh, first session's free. And then we have two spots left in the Tribe Men's Group Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. You know, for this whole podcast, you've kind of looked like a reindeer a little bit. You, your you hair is doing awesome. this reindeer thing. Like it looks like you have antlers. <laughs> and I've been wanting to mention it all through the show, but we keep moving if on. If you did mention it, do you think I would do anything about it? It's funny because earlier in the show, I was talking about if someone said you had horns coming out of your head, you would say, and no, I of course I do. don't. You do. You kind of are, you remind me of a reindeer. Todd doesn't do his hair unless he has to do his hair. Yeah, I put the gel in it every now and again or whatever that stuff is that I use, the crew stuff that you get at Great Clips. For... I know, but you haven't like combed or showered anything today. No. No, it's Monday. I don't do that on Mondays. That's silly, sweetie. Who would do that? You're you're growing a beard too. I know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it's it. It's got a lot of gray in it. I know. It ages me, and uh, you know, I just want to look as mature as possible. I like it. Thanks, sweetie. All right. Uh, adios, guys. Uh, you guys keep trucking, and we'll see you at the conference, and we'll see you on Team Zen, and watch the movie Cocktail, and don't let childhood baggage get in your way of. Raising your kids. And, and question all the lies. Question the lies. Remember the truth. And Cody Parkey. Yes, kick that ball. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime. You choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. 
more more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios.